If you enjoy the following podcast, please consider supporting the Stream Grace Network. Just visit streamgrace.com slash support. Hello and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable. Here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. All right. I can concur. You are listening to the Stream Grace Network. This is Conversations, as the music told you. Today's sponsor, this podcast, you see, it is brought to you by the Earth's magnetic field. This invisible force field protects us from the sun's damaging radiation, which would otherwise wipe out life on this planet and subsequently greatly limit the variety of guests that can appear on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to thank our sponsor, the Earth's Magnetic Field, today. Wow. Yeah. Today's guest is the infamous Kathy Yeager. I am so excited to be sitting across from you, Jeremy. I'm excited. It's been a while. It has been a really long time. Post-quarantine. We we have not seen each other since before all of the madness began in 2020. That's right. In fact, I was going to ask you, uh, how are your seats to the end of the world? You know what? I'm actually, um, I'm pretty fired up. <laughs> are like, you? I'm pretty fired up. You know, if, if that means that uh, we're getting close to seeing Christ, uh, his second coming, I'm all in, baby. We're game game, game in, in, in. Game That's on. Right. Now, it's been a really strange it's been last weird. few min- months. And it, and it feels longer than just a few months. But it's like, I think so many of us have had experiences that have been so completely different than what we, first of all, anticipated. Right. Um, and just to hijack for a moment this conversation. Go for it. So Christmas time, I have, and I think you were invited, but you snubbed me because you're very important. Doing well, you many know, important things. There's so many other people on the planet I got to spend time with. So we had our first, which I had hoped would be an annual sort of wonderful gathering in my home. Um, um, and, and we, I like to draw attention to a charity that I'm embracing right now and very close to the national Institute on developmental delay. So I said, this is a wonderful opportunity. Gather all the people I love in life, um, family, friends, coworkers, you know, people in, um, the media world, because that's where I've been for the last gosh, how many years. And, and we are all together. We are celebrating just Christmas together mm. in a in like December. Hmm. I and mean, it had to be like mid December because, of course, you know, obviously, then you go through the holidays, you get into January. Everything 2020 just had a completely different expectation than I think any of us celebrating New Year's Eve, <laughs> oh, toasting like this brand new 2020. That's so right. exciting. So I think a lot of us feel like, it's been longer than it actually has since mm-hmm. everything has started. It's not just the coronavirus. It's not just quarantine. But heck, that's a lot of it, isn't it? Yeah, sure. But so many things have happened. Even today, before coming over here, I was lamenting with my husband. Last year was a big deal because uh, we embraced with our kids their love of all things Marvel. And we went and we enjoyed over the last, you know, I guess, gosh, I can't even tell you. It had to be more than, you know, maybe 15, 18 months was Every single 
Marvel movie, including the Black Panther, and yeah. just embrace them. And then seeing and hearing today, um, you know, Chadwick Boseman um, died yesterday. Yeah, I saw and that. it was heartbreaking. Forty something years old. Forty three. Cancer. Yeah. You know, and you think to myself, how many losses have we had this year? And they've been so magnified because mm-hmm. of everything that's taken place. So it, you have to really stop and say, listen, there's this. You, it really is a wake up call, right? And right. so you can look at it and say this has just been a terrible year and i just want to there's been several times i think many of us have said i just want to stop and reset and just want to go hide (laughs) but then you also say okay a lot of things took for granted Mm -hmm. a lot of things have happened and even loved ones fellowship take it for granted did not even school took it for granted i mean just everything that you stop and think for us we lost a couple of air conditioning units i think everybody's mm. being home all the time oh it's tearing it tearing up. up our house just mm-hmm. tearing it up um and so you know you stop and you go it's a very rare thing that you just want to sit and be grateful for the air that comes through those <laughs> darn vents but we should right we should so you start yeah. to go this is the point where i think we're all embracing half glass full now we're all like right. okay now we get it Let's appreciate what we have right. and let's rethink how we want to take the next step. Yeah. Maybe there's some things that we want to not come back out after quarantine with. I'll tell you what, the the last thing I take for granted is 2021. <laughs> I don't, I don't assume that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> like even happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, even oh, yeah. happen. I don't know. Why, why would I count on that? <laughs> I mean, or anything else for that matter, other than the one true foundation that we have. That's right. really all we have to care about. I know it's weird. You know, you talked about that optimism that existed at the top of 2020. I can't tell you how many churches. I mean, I don't know the answer to this, but but I I heard several where their first year messages is all about vision, 2020 mm-hmm. vision, seeing the you know, and it's all super positive, idealistic look, but. And not to say that they were wrong in their approach or anything like that. I just, I think this is the thing, you know, we get caught up in these big round numbers. We get caught up in our daily lives and what's important and what has happened over the last, well, a long time, but I look at it probably the last 60 to 70 years is this slow, methodical, and um, arguably intentional decay of what we believe at the root of you know, our core values in this country. Very least watered down a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Putting our own spin on things. Well, and just totally being open to the idea that um, anything goes. Literally say something. Any words you want to say, any concept that you can possibly conjure, and somebody's going to be like, yeah, that's that's reasonable. But what you mentioned is such an important thing because, like, even this next generation that has no sense of, like, our grandparents' generation – so instead of all collectively gathering around our faith or gathering around the the flag, say, for instance, since sure. right now everything so socially and politically is divided in our country and around the world, really, because right. everybody seems to have a comment on it. My family in other places on the old WhatsApp, I'm sitting here, hey, how's it going in Jamaica today? Yes, I'm excited and to talk like, about that. Yeah. Too. How about your, you know, how about your president? And I'm like, wait, what? Why are, <laughs> you know, right. why do you, why do you, hey, why do you care? Isn't that weird? It is so weird. And it's because there is a conversation that has become the norm that everybody wants to have one side or the other on Mm -hmm. rather than remembering how it was again in our grandparents and great grandparents generation where we all sort of had a dignity about things Mm -hmm. we all had our opinions but we handled each other with a certain uh level of respect and just love uh for our fellow man or for our country or for uh the world you know and so that's what's so striking i feel like 
the biggest takeaway I have from 2020, my 2020 vision, as you know, all of our pastors suggested in the very beginning, <laughs> right. is mindset. And I mentioned it to you earlier. Like, what is my thought process? Because God doesn't change. Right. The world changes. And even I can say I have absolutely changed. Sometimes I like that change. And sometimes I'm like, what, what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I got to go back to that mindset. That reset for me is what I allow myself to remember and think and to embrace. Because if I can truly, and, and this is my next, you know how you create or um, you know try to work on a habit and you have that 30, mm-hmm. 40 day period to try to make that manifest. For me, I and and my husband is outside the studio listening and he's going to laugh his, his, his <laughs> rear off because he's going to go, yeah, let's see how this one works out. But I truly feel like if I can go and have clean thoughts, like, mm-hmm. and I don't mean clean, like as in uh, uh, inappropriateness of, of, you know, worldliness, but like clean thoughts as in taking away negative mm-hmm. temptations, literally thinking about um, when I want to be angry about something or I want to be, let it be a victim of something or something another person has done or uh, societal injustices. My trigger is injustice. Mm-hmm. It always has been, especially Man, of the too. innocent, the innocent children, mm. those with special needs. Those are my triggers. The elderly, I get really twerked off and then I make a decision and then I act on that decision and then the world around me is the sense is this this vileness Mm. instead of going okay I have this amazing power I have such a huge power you know what you got it too we're created in the likeness of God Mm -hmm. all right and not to preach because I'm certainly not (laughs) I'm not that uh, person that you know has that credibility but I definitely feel this is my own journey and I don't mind sharing it because I want to see if you can help me keep accountable and and I'd love to do that for anyone else who wants to do it too so when those thoughts come into our minds why do I have to think like my friends on Facebook are posting Mm -hmm. why can't I just pray for that silently Keep my nasty opinion to myself and stay joyful. Mm. Oh, it's a task. It so is every tough. day you start new, I'm going to try and achieve that mindset mm-hmm. of, you know, why can't this be a good thing? So we, uh, one of our podcasts on the String Grace Network is called The Spiritually Wounded. And I was visiting with a good friend of mine, Jeff Plunkett. Um, he, he's what we call a serial entrepreneurial he has uh, like five companies or something. I don't know. He just keeps starting new companies. But all of it centers around, generally speaking, all of it centers around um, spiritual wellness and and physical mental wellness. That's what I wanted to say, mental wellness. Um, but one of the things he was talking about along the lines of all of this was um, he said when a situation comes up that challenges him, he simply asks this question, how does this glorify God? Or more to the point, how can it glorify God? And that's about his own behavior. It's about the circumstance. Cause I talked about the injustice thing too. That's my trigger. If if there's injustice, I'm like, Oh, well I'll take care of this. (laughs) You know, hang on. I have weapons. Exactly. Hey, I'm (laughs) don't you worry. We'll be fine. You know, it's like, uh, we were out the other day, me and Lori, uh, with Jake, uh, my youngest and, I don't remember what we were doing. We we're talking. Oh, there was talk of uh, riots or not riots. It would devolve into riots if it was like stuff has been going. But of a, a um, Antifa oh. protest, oh like a, a call to call to whatever. Like it was Antifa directly. And my wife was just telling me about it. It was near the location we were at. And so my son said something. 
he's like, oh, why would people riot? Like he's nine, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't know really anything. But I think that simple question speaks volumes as to what we should be doing. But anyway, he says, why would people riot? And, and, uh, I said, well, are you, are you nervous or anything? And he said, well, I, I don't want him to, it was supposed to be a Bass Pro Shops and he goes there with his grandpa and he's like, well, I don't want him to tear that up. And, <laughs> and I said, well, you're not concerned about you. Right. And he's like, no. And I said, why not? I said, is it because you know, your dad has got this no matter what? And he said, uh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the injustice thing, he has, but think of symbolically know, what he just said, you've given him that feeling of I'm in good hands with my dad. Aren't are you right. supposed to be thinking that about our heavenly exactly. father? And how often do we get off and go, well, I gotta handle this because I can't believe, you know, this is happening. Right. But we're in the hands of our you know, daddy, like your son, basically, we're supposed to come to heaven like this heart of a child. He's a beautiful picture of that. If we would just lock into listening to kids under the age of 10, I think we'd figure out life. We'd have it. We'd have it. Well, in my house, it would be perfect with the exception. You'll have to hear a little bit about Minecraft, Roblox and Pokemon. (laughs) Right. So there's that too. (laughs) That's that's the play box from which we build all things. Right. (laughs) Well, um, okay. So first off, I'm going to have to have you on uh, some of the other podcasts because I feel like we could spend four hours in this particular topic. But today is about Kathy Yeager. And while I do, that, well, I realize what we're you talking need about more is more than four you. hours for that. I got a lot to tell you. Well, I know. And that's the thing. Is this not counseling? I thought this was counseling no, session. All of the above. Is this on the air? <laughs> so here's a, here's the first thing I would like to ask you about. I want to just know a little bit about young Kathy when Kathy was little girl. Hmm. Tell me about Kathy. Kathy. Where'd uh, she grow up? So I did grow up here. I'm mm-hmm. in, I'm, I'm, I'm an Oklahoman. I am an American um, but I have a wonderful, rich tapestry of a cultural background. Um, my grandparents on both sides were from Lebanon. Mm. My grandparents on my mom's side, um, there was a, at the time they came to, I think my grandfather was 18, uh, came to try and sort of come to another country to sort of have a better you know, start. Uh, this was during a war-torn time there, and the Middle East continually is. I was going to say, sadly, you could just say that. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, what. I know. <laughs> but um, there was a, a Lebanese prime minister of Jamaica at the time, oh, and wow. um, there was some family for my grandparents on that side in Jamaica. Uh, there was some here in Oklahoma, but he he stopped in Jamaica, and again traveled by himself at 18 wow. that used to be like a great story and i always heard it now as well i have a daughter almost that age it's i messing think you up. <laughs> he, he did what <laughs> that's a very brave thing to do right but and he was fortunate enough he met my grandmother at the same time when he came to jamaica because he was working for her family mm. found a store began you know just working and anyway he bless his heart they married um and, uh, you know, lived there for many years. So, of course, my mom and all her siblings were, were you know, brought up there. Um, and though, you know, it, 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 it's, it's such, again, a part of our history, I do very much identify with not only my uh, cultural roots as far as the Middle Eastern, the, um, you know, the, the Christians in Lebanon mm. who daily really, again, appreciate how, you know, the freedom we have here to have sure. faith. Uh, but I also love that they did finally come to America and uh, they came about, they went through uh, the naturalization process, the becoming. So I was, 
I was actually alive mm. during that point. And oh, cool. I remember them studying. And let me tell you how they studied. <gasps> Did you know? <gasps> I had such an wow. appreciation for the country I live in because their education to become American citizens was mm. so passionate and so excited and so impressed. And so they wanted to give back immediately. Wow. So when they finally came to this country after... You know, all of our years, you know, enjoying Jamaica for, you know, understanding um, just the beauty of that country and the loveliness of those people. Um, But when they came here, understanding as a third world nation, the freedoms we have here are such a big deal. We should be so excited about and grateful for. I, they, I am an American citizen. I grew up here. Yeah. I saw their wonder and excitement and the way that they wanted to plant a business and start something so they could give back mm. and be American citizens and take advantage of just being what that embodied. I was so impressed with that, that I have now this wonderful love of country yeah. from family that, you know, didn't start here. That's awesome. So what it's, a great it's a story. wonderful. I think I I think I was very blessed growing up, and I had lots of cousins and lots of family. So I believe that has been a staple for who I am. Um, and it was a very different time. Mm. So you know, it was that time where people came over, even sometimes unannounced, and you played board games with you know, neighbors and cousins in your living room and you enjoyed that. So I grew up with a different set of confidence than like, say, my kids this generation have because it's very different. And especially with an entire year of memories being surrounded by don't hug that person, don't kiss that person, don't go near that person, wear a mask, stay back. You can't talk to our neighbors. You have to talk through glass or down the street. Not at all the same psychological foundation that so many of us had. Right. So again, it's hard to sort of tell those stories and them really understand, yeah. you know, but so that's young hmm. Kathy. So, and this is, our listeners are going to absolutely go, that's what you keyed in on? No, it's not what I keyed on, but I am curious. Well, you are weird, so it could I be. I am so weird. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what board games were the ones that you yeah, guys no, played? Yeah, no, that sounds, that's, that's very that's Jeremy. Kind of question, I love that it? kind of question. <laughs> Do you know that some of my favorite games were, yes, there were Monopoly and this and that, but we used to play uh, the board uh, the board game, the uh, Life, where you spin yeah. the dot. I loved that game. It's a good game. We played it all the time. And it's uh, the game of life ended up becoming sort of a symbolism. I am a very person of symbolism. I sure. really appreciate seeing messages. And I think it's because I was a psychology major. Messages within things those really speak to me and i love to find the spiritual in each thing and by spiritual it's not the world's spiritual i have when i say spiritual it's very different to me i am 100 percent aligned and always have been and and i've made so many mistakes so somebody would go what really you (laughs) how many times you've been married it's not that's not the point the point is my I'm a real person and I don't, I don't judge because I don't think anybody should be judged. It's not up to us, but I've never lost my connection through my, I I remember poignantly at age 12 getting it Mm. and it's never been not something that has. Talk about that. Talk about age 12 and that moment. Well, I don't really understand other than my, and I'm an Orthodox Christian. And for anyone who doesn't understand what that is, Google it. It's a beautiful, wonderful church that started, we believe, very much from Christ walking Mm -hmm. and with his disciples. And what I love is there's never been like this feeling of judgment, but more 
Christ's love, God's mm-hmm. love. But what I remember is I was not told. I always saw mm-hmm. my family, um, Say, for instance, like my one of my most beautiful, you know, I know my mother was always a wonderful example, but my grandmother, she was to me. There was never a time you weren't welcome in her arms. Mm. There was never a time if you looked sad, she didn't put your head in her lap and then pat your head. And um, I remember when, you know, there were like divorces or things happened and this and, that, and people took sides. She never did. And wow. I always remember seeing that when she'd get in the car, the Orthodox Christians make the sign of the cross. It's not like the Catholics where mm-hmm. we are very, we're actually quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you study church history, you'll see that difference very plainly. But we always make the sign of the cross, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. She would get, didn't matter who was driving. She always made the sign of the cross when she left the house or got in the car or on a plane. If she got in the car with me, she would do it like three times. Like it'd be a different deal though. It would be. Very, it'd be like she'd be crossing for mercy. <laughs> right, oh, right. Lord. No, but th- that to me was like just little pictures of who she was in her, when she would make certain dishes, like there were rice dishes that had like a shape on it. I know mm-hmm. that's crazy, but like in Lebanese cooking, like we make a dish even called kibbeneya and it's like, it's meat. But like she would make a cross on it. Mm. It just was who she embodied. Yeah. But she was so loving and fun, loved pets, loved art. You know, it wouldn't matter if we brought home strays. She always took care. She was the most consistent picture of what I believe is the most Christ-like of a person I've seen. And I thought to myself from early on, what makes that happen? Mm. And it just was who she was in her faith. She was a walking picture of it. I don't think I ever heard her preach at me mm-hmm. or say, if if you really believe like this, like I what, I what I catch myself doing to my kids and I don't mean to, but like kids, if you understand that if he's everywhere present and fillest all things, mm-hmm. why would that not, why would you not consider him in a decision as simple as, you know, where you decide to spend your time or whom you spend your time with? You know, I mean, literally it was just who she was. Yeah. So I don't know why or how, but I just remember feeling set apart at 12. Mm. And that time frame spoke volumes to me because I always consider when people say, where was your happiest time? I loved 12. Yeah. Because I was the most joyful. And that joyful spark is why it just kind of became who I was. And I remember early on, people called me Chicken Hawk or Sparky. Mm-hmm. Chicken Hawk was that little character in the early Bugs Bunny shows. It was, hi, I'm Chicken Hawk. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't he? Uh, it's real hyper. And he he hung out with uh, Foghorn Leghorn, yes. right? Right. Thank you for knowing that. that yeah, I remember the little Chicken Hawk. And so these little n- names, I didn't get them then. To me, it was just like, because I was short, <laughs> I was compact, and I moved really quick. <laughs> but I later would hear, oh, effervescence that was another thing and then i now look back on that in my more tired and and beat up (laughs) and worn and jaded days those times and i go oh i get it Mm. i see because i crave that Mm -hmm. i want that and i want my kids to have that um but that came from again that early picture of understanding we're set apart and we can be in situations in the world in with our people and not partake of everything And with confidence in who you are, I don't think you offend people because I think the people that go in with a judgmental attitude into those situations offend and hurt and try to be better than. Yeah. And I've never tried to do that. I am I in very comfortable, I think, in all settings Mm. and with all people. My daughter had a senior picture scheduled on um, 
Friday and they canceled at the last minute because the photographer was afraid because one of the places we were stopping was the Myriad Gardens where there was a scheduled protest and it was the idea that a protest could turn violent. Wow. And I thought to myself, yeah, I don't want her there, but I don't mind being there. I don't agree with um, turning violent. I don't agree. I, I may not agree with everything, but I may agree with some things, and it doesn't matter. I don't think I should be pigeonholed mm-hmm. into one belief system or another. And I think that's what's so confusing to this generation. But, like, I didn't change. Y'all changed. Right, sure. And so me saying that I want to observe and see what it is that's driving this, mm-hmm. I may say to myself, okay, but I see a different perception of that, but I feel love for you in this. Yeah. But they don't let you do that anymore. Oh you, yeah. It's make a choice. You have to make a choice mm-hmm. and I'm not, yeah. I can't, I've got too diverse background or feelings right. or experiences. How, how do you make you that choice? You can't pigeonhole me. Yeah. It's, and I'm annoyed that, so that's where I have to go back. Okay. Let's clean my thoughts. Yeah. I cannot be mad at the injustice of that. I can't be upset with, the fact that you're changing our plans, I can't be upset. I just pray, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. And I pray specifically for God's love to be on every scenario that I can't understand or fix. Yeah. And I can't be a judge. Sure. And I think if most of us would take a step back and do that and not cross that line, I think things like, you know, the media, social network, it would be a very different place. Well, sure. Be a very different place. And think how much our, we would all be feeling going through a pandemic or all be feeling, we probably wouldn't be feeling this. It's almost like you put a bunch of, you know, people in a, you know, a holding pattern and they just get more frustrated and more pissy and more grumpy. And then they just want to go and make trouble. Right. And I'm not talking about any one set of circumstances. Sure. I'm just talking about even politically or even, you know, about the quarantine or even about, you know, the pandemic or even about none of this needs to be one blanket statement. Mm-hmm. And I think it's impossible to, you know, convince people of that because we've now set a precedence. And I'm like, our kids generation, what's that going to be like? I, what's that going to be? like? So, I, that, man, that's scary. Yeah. So I think we need more voices. Yeah. And I think we need more examples of my grandmother, mm-hmm. that love just being Instead of preaching, mm-hmm. I mean, preaching for some is an amazing gift. And if sure. that's got what God's given you to give, give. But like, just do we need everybody out there on Facebook going, what I believe is that you are, <laughs> you know, and do we? No, mm-hmm. I don't think we do. And that's my opinion because that's my journey. And my journey is let's show love yeah, and let's be love. And even if it's something simple or stupid, yeah, you know, that's good. Yeah. So, um, man, there's. Gosh, there's so much I'd like to dive into that on, uh, and so we're definitely gonna have to have you back. Um, so we're gonna, we'll just do that. Okay. Now you have spent, you tell me how many years in broadcasting. You trying to tell me, make me tell you my age. I'm going to get there. It's a math equation. The first one is how many years you spent in broadcasting. Okay. I'll disguise the other ones. Everybody put your pencils down. (laughs) You're not allowed to do the math. It'll be an open book test. I absolutely find again, this is. Um, such a strange deal. I was in college studying child psychology. I wanted to work with kiddos. I worked for this this charity that I keep talking about. Father Paul Zoller was at a college that I went to before I went to OSU. Was that St. Greg's? Yeah. And um, 
one of the programs I would, I was in his child development program and I just was like, fell in love with that and actually changed my major. Mm. I changed my major a lot to psychology, to work with kids, to work with those with special needs. Because I was amazed by this wonderful vision of the world might give up on somebody. Mm-hmm. Nothing is impossible with love. And it was showing again, it patterned that same sort of foundational principle that I, I identified at 12. And this love was so just patient and joyful. And you watched people, whether in physical or mental, you know, deficits, or even, you know, just truly autistic, come to such a different, more unbelievable, nobody believed it would ever happen, change in their life. Mm. And it was not because of just, okay, we're going to take this action. We're going to, we're going to work on this machine that's going to help strengthen this muscle. And this muscle is going to, yes, there was a science. But that's not what did it, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. What I witnessed was this unbelievable, I believe, and I encourage, and I'm joyful, and I have love, and you receive that love, and that energy is changing and manifesting in you, and you're doing things that you were told you could never do. Mm. And it's been unbelievable. It's such a, I used it throughout my life. I never thought I'd be back again in in um, sort of in this wonderful world with my that charity. But again, God brought all that around. So here I am, this child psychology uh, degree. I was in a sorority when I got to OSU and we did this, we do these philanthropic takeovers every year. In my senior year, we went to all these different businesses. And during that week, every business that we went to in the sorority, whatever funds were raised went to our charity. Mm. One of the businesses was a radio station. And we went into this radio station and I was like, oh, this is a, bl- get out of my way. <laughs> Literally took over and what, again, is like this podcast was probably supposed to be just a few set minutes, turned into like two <laughs> hours. We had so much fun. Their phones lit up. We raised a lot of money. And a week before I graduated, the owner of that radio station, now still named after me, uh, I say named after me, he when it, time to come around to pick call letters, I pushed my way and was like, if I meet a sales goal, may I have that? Some of those call letters reflect KY. Of course, oh, wow. when you're young, everything's all about, you know, um, <laughs> but the long and the short of it is they offered me a job oh. and I'm like, well, I'm going to be here studying. So yeah. I'll accept it while I was there. And again, Jeremy, this is another like special God story. So I don't, cause I don't know if I've ever told you this. It's in my bio that I, you know, put out, but cause I think it's such a special story. So while I was there, I worked there for a few years. Um, um, we, I went to the OAB and I met the general manager at the time of, uh, channel four. Mm. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're Orthodox. You're, you're like, you know, cause at the time he was like somebody who was, I was like, but you're Greek. See, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, Hey, would you, would you be interested in, you know, uh, we have a, a position open. So I went, I left after a couple of years and so Okay. Again, my college, I graduated, but I was working on my P, you know, like t- towards my PhD. Gotcha. That got put on hold. I was like, well, <laughs> this is a blast. So I went to Channel 4. While I was there, my godfather was next door neighbors with somebody who was at KISS FM. Oh, wow. The general manager of KISS FM. And he was bragging about me. And she's like, well, I'd love to meet her. Mother. So while I was at Channel 4, they gave me a, a job at KISS FM. And ultimately, they said, we want to hire you full time. So I had to go to Channel 4 and say, look, I'm going to go there full time. But their full time, while I was there, I had the privilege of meeting, I mean, I was there for like many years. And then I met, um, you know, the general manager of Magic 104. And 
they had just lost their midday person and she was coming over to manage uh, Kiss FM. And I was, and so he offered me her position. I was like, well, yeah. Because then it gave me an like midday and music director. And notice, what, what have I not done? Not had one job interview. Right. I've not orchestrated any of it. I've just, just enjoyed all of these di- different transitions. Hmm. Ultimately, um, came to, you know, I Heart Where I Met You, and it was such a blessing, and I worked there for so many years until, you know, obviously January of this year where everything, you know, changed. They had Bottoms falling out. To bottom fall, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, um, there were a lot of people that were laid off from there, and, and um, I have no ill will. As a matter of fact, I have so been blessed by the education. Mm. They were amazing at continuing education, constantly honing your skills. And so as far as, you know, learning about the digital part of what we do. So it's not just what you say on the radio, but mm-hmm. look what you can offer advertisers on a digital platform with, you know, using so many elements of social media or the websites, or it's like, we have this wonderful skill mm-hmm. to bless. And to me, again, it's part of the mission. Yeah, It's part of the mission. We love what we do. We have the opportunity to talk and be an experience and receive but then for those businesses that are suffering right now, how awesome is it that we can lift them up yeah. and draw light to them because we're like-minded. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing, amazing thing that, again, this network of just embodying, it's a God thing. It's just all orchestrated. So if you stop and look back at that, again, the symbolism is, you know, we put ourselves out there and do as much as we can. Right. And we want to win. Yeah. But really what wins is if those people who are, staying close to him mm-hmm. allow him to lead you know it's like your nine-year-old son said i know daddy's got this right i'm in good hands with him you know there's a concept i, I was on uh rick fry's podcast inside the man box um i think his first episode actually and he was asking me about this analogy that uh, i've told a number of times but it speaks to this because and, and we, we can talk about this when we're not doing uh, the kathy yeager show about this because <laughs> this is more my part but um, cause I had a similar experience as far as looking for jobs, never really did. They all came to me and it was really cool and divine. And, um, but we talked about resting and this is something that I felt like the Lord was leading me through for years, um, way back even well around the time we met, honestly. And this picture he gave me real quick is, is floating the, the Illinois river. If you live in Oklahoma area, can uh, maybe, I don't know, Kansas area, Missouri, whatever. A lot of people float the Illinois river. And he said, you know, when you get in that boat, you have three options. He said, you can paddle upstream and you can wear yourself out. And at some point you're going to just be exhausted and stop paddling. And you're still going to end up downstream. You're just going to get there later than you would have otherwise gotten there. He said, you can get in the boat and you can paddle downstream. And you're going to wear yourself out, but you're going to be moving fast. And you're going to miss everything along the way because you're focused on getting to where you're going. And when you get there, you got to wait for everybody else because you got there before you were supposed to get there. He said, or you can just sit in the boat, pop open a cold one, pull your hat down and enjoy the ride. And he said, you're still going to get where I want you to be. And you're going to get there when I want you to get there. But you get to enjoy the journey the whole way. And it's just this picture of resting and letting him do the work. And it's, man, it's a great concept. It's hard to execute a lot of times. When we stopped thinking like that there's a point where we stopped when we were 12 
<laughs> I say that because I feel like you talked about 12. It seems like so many of my guests talk about 12 being this really. For real. Yeah. I'm literally, as you were saying, I'm like, this is another person talking about 12. And I'm going to have to dive into that uh, probably with you because, you know, psychology, you can probably speak to some of that. But <laughs> We might find some, uh, uncover some other issues. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting, too, our time together at uh, at uh, iHeart. Um, I remember I would, I often would come into the studio while you're doing your show, um, just to have these kind of conversations, yeah. you know, it's just, it was good. This is good. Well, we, 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 I think that's what another thing about fellowship. Sometimes people think fellowship is, you know, having that coffee after church, sir, after church service or getting over, you know, to someone's house or to them. Sometimes it's just reigniting each other mm. with just the common understanding mm-hmm. and, and, and getting it. And it's so few that still do that. We feel like Facebook and, and, you know, social network pages where we have to, you know, I always tease my, my teenager that, you know, she sends a picture of her face to a friend and I was like, what was that for? (laughs) Oh, they sent me one. That's how we do it now. I was like, okay, how's that bonding experience? You know, your, your side of your cheek looks really good today. You know, what is that? (laughs) But we, I think it's so important and I think we're built for that. Yeah. And that's why this quarantine thing, we have to find ways to stay connected. And I think that's why you're doing a valuable service with the podcast and with Mm -hmm. your network, because you are going to, you know, bring things to light that either reignite something in someone, but won't redirect them off of a good path, mm. a solid path. And I think so often, like I have found myself find like this is the first time in life I've ever um, watched something like you where you, your kids go to bed and you watch like season after season oh, of yeah. stuff. Like what do they call it? Binging. Binge watching, I've yeah. never done that before. This is like a new thing. You to never me. could do it before. Like, I, guess I get up so early. Yeah. So I, you know, I mean, granted, I've watched the British Baking Show and The Crown. Those are like, wow, <laughs> woo, yeah, really out there on the edge. But what I love is that, um, you know, I like the shows that don't take me off and bring an agenda to that makes me feel stressed right. or feel anxiety. Or like I have to make a decision on what side of the road I need to be on mm. in this topic because everybody has to have a certain feeling black or white. It has to be this. It doesn't feel like that to me. I like to like not provoke myself in those times of, you know, mm-hmm. relaxation because I think it's so important that we remember that it's so important to refresh ourselves and to find ways to plug into something that's going to give you something to go. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's why I like what you're doing. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, I want to talk to about something specific. Well, I say specific. Uh, what would you say is the biggest professional experience you've had that has had the biggest impact on your life? Ooh, that's a good one. That's not something I've considered because I think I have it's had, hard for you to draw I've had many. To, I've okay. had many. Um, and I can point to few after the Murrah bombing. I've had, mm. I had the privilege of, you know, interviewing, um, present first lady. The first lady was, um, you know, uh, it was the experience before I got to, uh, talk with her that woke me up Hmm. to the reality I'd never experienced where I had to be, um, sort of basically I had, I had a lot of people questioning motives of who I was as a human Hmm. before I was allowed to speak to another human. That was weird. That was an interesting concept for me. Uh, but I appreciated the warmth and the understanding, uh, during that time. That was a big one for me because I was one of very few chosen after that. And, 
but what I went through to have that interview was very interesting. It just, yeah. I'd never had been like background checks and this and that, you know, right. like questioned. Sure. Well, and I was like, is this because I'm Middle Eastern looking? <laughs> is that what this is? You know, because I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know. But it was interesting. It was a fascinating interview. Hmm. Um, and, and again, not necessarily, you know, something that um, I walked away with something I gleaned something special from. But other than I appreciated um just a the warmth mm-hmm. of it after such a difficult time to get to do that interview. Then there was, um, um, gosh, I don't know. There's been so many. I know the first time I met um, a celebrity where I wasn't f- flustered, I was I had matured, yeah. and I was able to understand their marketing mm. or how to identify that when they are your friend, they're your friend professionally versus always in your life sure which is very was a very big deal to me and it wasn't disappointing it was just good that i learned it because i'm a person that goes all in and Mm. if i embrace you as a part of my friendship world it's all in right and so i had celebrities do that when i was in a position to give them something Mm -hmm. and i always thought well we're great friends we're like this (laughs) and then it, it was a strange realization that it's a it's a dance yeah and i was oh Okay. That was weird for me too. That's not, I did not know that. That was so weird. Yeah. You go into this, you know, for those who don't know that uh, I like telling people about this world, but there's a thing called radio tours mm. that these artists go do. And, uh, when I was working with you at iHeart, I was a uh, program director for all the digital properties. And so what would happen is these folks would come in, right. And mm. they would sit up in our break room. And they'd play their music and mm. they'd treat, man, they'd act like. We are their best friends. Yeah, they'd be like, hey, you want to go get a beer after let's this? Go, yeah, let's go You go out. fishing. Um, hey, have you ever seen the inside of a tour bus? Come on down. Come <laughs> exactly. look at mine. And you're thinking to yourself, well, this is weird. And you know what was really weird for me is prior to that experience, I ran a lot of sound, um, stage mm. sound for concerts. And so um, I was used to being backstage with some of these artists yeah. um, that. It was a very different, very different, different than their ex- onstage persona, and very that and was, very different than what I experienced at iHeart, because I was doing a job for them. Like I mean, I was the onstage guy. I don't remember, you know, did a bunch of different roles, but as far as most of those guys were concerned, I mean, I worked for them, and and they didn't care who I was or anything else. But when you go to iHeart, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well this is going to make or break my career. So let's, let's be really, mm-hmm. and not to say, and listen, don't not misunderstand where like, yeah, we are. There sure. are some that are the real deal that I literally, I could say, do you just want to come over and hang out? And they would. Right. But then there's others that are in a position to do good things with their celebrity. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll never forget, um, when I um, heard Bono say the words, why do people give so much to these people who become celebrities? He goes, goes, you all have given me something that I'm not, and I'm totally paraphrasing, but it was like how, you know, but but I feel like I need to give something from Mm -hmm. this. I need to use this platform to speak to people who, you know, on behalf of people who can't speak. So I've always embraced that idea. For me on the smaller level, that of you know uh, awareness of who I am I've hopefully brought attention to people like the National Institute on Developmental Delays which sure, yeah. I, that right now they're this quarantine has been very difficult they were moved off of St. Gregory's campus they were you know renting things to still serve some of and they, they do a lot of different things but just the camp part mm-hmm. um, 
hundreds of people now don't have that. And mm-hmm. it's very difficult. Quarantine can be very difficult to explain to a nine-year-old. Try explaining it to even an adult who maybe doesn't have the same capacity of understanding. Sure. And it's mm-hmm. so hard on their parents who do, they look for that once a month refresher. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were renting, but now they can't because you can't take them into a rented place with with you know people with underlying health issues. Right. It's just not safe. So they have this $1 million project that they want to get this thing built near West Watkins Lake. And so if you can donate, do it. Please. Yeah. Uh, but I, I need a funder. We'll put, we'll put links in the, in the show notes, the description. So, but the thing is, you know, but I mean, again, going back to what we're, you know, we're talking about, um, um, so that's what my hope is that I will always be able to use a platform to say things that will enhance and be a positive, but, or help. Um, but like there are some that they have the ability to do that, mm-hmm. but they're, I think they've been asked so much. They're so guarded. So it's not to say they're all fake and they're just, right. they're not really who they are, but there are some, there's some that are. Kind well, of, Hey, and the reverse of that, as far as they know, you're only being nice to them for what they can do for you. Probably. So I mean, really think how know? that must feel. Sure. So they've probably been it's asked like winning the lottery. You know, people think you have everything. And I, I had, my mom had a business for a while and, and I remember there were people in our family coming out of the woodwork asking her for money because it, she just simply owned her own business. And yeah. it's like, she didn't have any extra money. You wonder who is there for you. Right. Exactly. It's like, I find I, I'm closest to my childhood friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that's, they know, they know, the, they know everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to speak to that even, you know, there, it's funny there's, I won't say his name and I don't know why, just cause I don't want to get into a thing with anybody, but there was a, an artist that I met plenty in my couple years there. Um, and I always say this is the nicest guy in country music. Yes. And, uh, and I mean that, like I met not that the other people were mean, but this guy, I just thought, man, you, you mean it, you know? And I, I feel like I can read people pretty well. I yeah. can, you know, and, when someone's genuine. Right. And, and man, I love this guy. Oh, you and I both know him. I feel I already know who you're talking about because yeah. I feel it. I feel it. I just I there. That's probably been my experience, too. Mm-hmm. Although if they've not helped me with donations to the National Institute, I probably <laughs> put them on a different. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but you got to be passionate about the things that you love. You right. really do. And so and I get I get that, too. So who's uh, who's one of your biggest role models? Um, I mentioned Bono mm-hmm. as dumb as that sounds as a celebrity. It's what he does with it. Um, and the heart he has for others. I mention also Father Paul, who is the, you know, basically the visionary for this wonderful thing that's been going for more than 50 years mm-hmm. um, and, and has just only gotten um, even more amazing. Um, I have people that I've come across uh, just as an acquaintance throughout my career or life um, and they've inspired me so they will fit into the category. So there's not a role model per se other than as a human, that my grandmother and my mom, mm-hmm. I mentioned, um, what they embodied in joy and spirit and love um, were the most Christ-like I'd, I'd come and encounter with. My grandmother in particular had, and we lost my mom this year. It yeah. was a, it was a shock with a heart attack. So, mm-hmm. ah, so I do. Um, oh, I can't even it's say okay. it yet. Oh, golly. Anyway, but um, so these people have sort of built into what i um am inspired by Mm -hmm. so but not one role model um but that sort of become i always tell um you know my husband which bless his heart he hears all my my nonsense but like there i call it my a team 
So when I was younger, I appreciated uh, what Bono did with his celebrity, and I loved the humanitarian side of him. Even though we don't always politically see eye to eye, I really appreciate that love and spirit of using that platform and never and consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, that Father Paul has always been on that. Um, I've had bosses from time to time that have like I remember when I was at Magic. At the time, I, I can't speak to now, but at the time I had a boss that was just like, hey, I appreciate how he is with his people, mm. a great leader, strong leader. And then I've had, you know, um, um, when we did at the Chitanka Music Fest, I appreciated that guy, the owner, the man, you know, he, he was very, um, you know, like. I don't know. I don't know how to describe his enthusiasm for life and people was very, very passionate. It was very nice. So I have people that are on the A team. And then I've got a few that are on the B team. I think uh, that, you know, I appreciate their quality of, you know, the way they approach life and in what they do and like you're you're a part of that group hmm. until you're hanging out with uh you know yeah and my yeah. husband and j-rod and then i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just like that. no i'm just kidding <laughs> actually my husband's an inspiring human too indeed um, he is he is he's he was a wonderful manager to so many and i didn't have the privilege of working under him because of our relationship but i love after you know we left our heart the people would speak about how he believed in them and changed their life and made a difference in their life. And I just remember feeling like I did not appreciate you nearly enough. Hmm. (laughs) You know, and and I tell people this, even though I don't care that he's listening right now, but I always tell people best boss I ever had. He really was. That is the, that is, that's a, that's, yeah, that's I mean, and sweet. I've had a lot of really great bosses. I was going to say because, and you are a great boss. So Hmm. no, I mean, I see, your vision mm. and I don't always understand the language you're using technically but I'm like you <laughs> that's jazz, part of the goal but you jazz me up because <laughs> your passion for it mm-hmm. appreciate that and the quality of you work the quality of the work you do is consistent mm. and it never varies and the way you put your your family life your wife and your children um in in a position of edification I just appreciate that mm. so much so well, you're you. you're a wonderful leader like I see that mm. about you and so I I love what you're doing here you know and mm. I'm excited to sort of even be here well shucks oh, I, I need to put an emoji no. up I need to dude I need to get an audio emoji that I can just you click. do you need you need to have like the heart pop oh that'd be like, okay we'll just track you when we're done here we're gonna get you to do some <laughs> Some voice work. Do you see that little heart emoji going? Because like we stream our church service during quarantine and like it gave us on like Facebook watch. It gave us the ability to use those little emojis yeah. and it showed a little heart and it just stretched up the screen at the very top. It goes like a little splatter. And I was like, that's how I see that. All right. I'm so visual. That's fantastic. All right. So uh, we've got a few minutes left and I'm going to ask you a question you might not want to answer, but you know, Don't I'm going to. That's why we wait till the end because oh, I've already got the. What if I leave? Of, I'm just out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just make a big scene so it can go viral. Um, it doesn't do it if you just Find slowly doors. lead. It doesn't work. You know. Okay. Um, if you could change any decision you've made, what would it be? Aside from coming here today. Yeah. Um, no, actually, you can. <laughs> no, I don't have any. I may the only decisions that I. You know, because what my failures have done have powered me. Right. They've they've pushed me. Never want to go to those places again. And I work harder. And I'm a hard work advocate. I'm all about it. To me, I think 
I might feel like I should have not, I have should not have thought those things that made me feel like giving up mm. or have burdened me. And my family experienced that burden from me. Um, and the only other thing, again, Terry, I didn't, I didn't appreciate my mom enough because I'm so sad without her. Yikes. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. But that is, that is the hardest part is like, I used to tease her like a lot, like mom, when she's older, she got, I'd say things so sarcastically because that's who I am. I'm funny, sarcastic, and I don't, I'm playful in my mind. Mm. But I hope I never heard her with some of the stuff I said. And I just did not have long enough mm. to appreciate her more. So I did. And I would, and I would, and she came to live with us in 2018. And uh, I, she would come in the kitchen sometimes. She's an amazing cook mm. and amazing. And I'd like, she would tell me, Honey, let's do it like this. And she was very, she's my personality. Let's just take over the kitchen. And I would look at my husband and I would be like, oh, here she comes. She's going to take over. Da, da, da. And I feel so terrible about those things. Because mm-hmm. I didn't mean them. Sure. Just that sauciness in the moment because you think you have forever. And she knew that. I know she did. Yeah. But it's still shame on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't appreciate every moment like I tell my kids to. Or... You know, my husband, you know, God forbid something ever happened to one of us. I treat him like a husband. Mm. I don't give him the stop listening. Walk away. <laughs> Leave the room. Don't appreciate him near enough for all he does. Yeah. And I might say it, but is that enough? Really? Mm. So that to me, wish if anything, some of that. Yeah. But other than that, big decisions, no, even like failed marriages have powered me and pushed me and it educated me. Sure. And so I'm okay that there have been good things to come from that. And truthfully, anybody who's been through divorce, especially with a child, what you do with that is such a test. Mm-hmm. Holy mackerel. You want to stop like m- making them be in your life. But when you realize what feeds a child, mm-hmm. dude, you'll change everything for that child. And you will, I, that's one of the times I've put into practice praying for someone that I cannot change. And it not only took my resentment away, we embrace this person as a part of our family, mm. you know, and um, that has only blessed my daughter. And then the opinions she's observing and making opinions on, I try to encourage her, you know, love no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I guess the thing is, how much harder would that have been for her if we'd have just been ugly mm, and things like that? Sure, yeah. yeah. So, oops. Mm. <laughs> I hope I wasn't buzzing on your deal. No, it's fine. <laughs> my, I, <laughs> Where this is a this is a home studio. That's what SGN's all about. Studios okay, all over the all over the nation at some point. Right now, we're getting several over the state. So, yeah, we're gonna have dogs barking from time to time, and we happen to be over the flight path of one of the largest Air Force bases in the nation. That's so right. Every once in a while. Now we've done what we can to try to mitigate the airplane noise, but it does happen. I haven't heard a thing. Actually, it's been a solid room until my uh, my watch started <laughs> ringing. <laughs> All right, so um, one more question that I don't know where we're going to land on this, but uh, what do you want people to say about you, not at your funeral, but a hundred years from now? First of all, I'll be vain enough to think people are going to remember me a hundred years from now, but what I think at this stage of life, I would believe is, my God, her children are amazing. I wonder what she did Hmm. because it's not me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the legacy of, seeing that 
when people, I think that's been a compliment. I used to love the compliments that help me realize that I maybe touched somebody because of something I've said or done. Because then you're like, oh, goody, that's encouragement. Let's 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 not let's not forget how much what your words mean or what your actions mean because it actually affected somebody to yeah. that degree that they actually came back and said that. But what I'm seeing now is when it you see your children like touching people mm-hmm. and they're like just old enough to like Im- make an impact. Uh, my daughter went to help a program called Yes Program that. Um, it goes into downtown of not just Oklahoma, but she's been to Wichita and Dallas and they go into the, the homeless population and, 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 and serve arm in arm. Hmm. And I was like, you know, she's a teenager. What's that going to be like? It's not something that, I mean, nat- comes naturally to that generation. And I wasn't there. Hmm. Um, and so I really didn't, I thought, my shy children, all three of my kids, I don't understand how this happens, are so shy. <laughs> like, is she going to just stay in a corner and hand out something here and there? Like, what is it? And at the time, I was hoping she would, quote unquote, get something from it. So she didn't go into her teen years mm-hmm. as that sort of um, me, me, me. But what I ended up hearing from the director was, hey, I know she's young, but would you consider allowing her to be an ambassador? I'm like, wait, what? Why? Wow. What do you mean ambassador? I've never seen a young person go and sit with people and hold their hands and pat them Mm. and make them feel like we are equals. And I what, you know, can I do to sort of bring something in your life? But I'm going to empower you. What can you do to sort of, you know, it's a two way. And they're like, that's a lot for at the time she was like, I don't know, it's like 16 or something. And they're like, that's and here she is almost Mm. 18. And that's like she people are writing recommendation letters for her for college. And they're saying all these types of things about leadership at this. And I'm like, the girl that has the plate stacked up in her bedroom, her, <laughs> she's she, yeah. that to me is the biggest compliment is somewhere along the lines that seed has been planted that mm. affected me at 12. And, you know, we're her safe place. And, you know, she takes what she thrives on and she goes out and she gives that. What a huge deal. Yeah. God bless her. And say, I don't like to talk about my kids because I never want anything like, you know, uh, you know, I just blah, scared. <laughs> don't want to do anything. But it's like, wow, that was that yeah. that to me. I would see. So 100 years from now, if she does that to her kids and they keep doing it, uh, they say, my gosh, what that family, you know, uh, you know, wish we could bottle that. Yeah. Because that to me says that I'm honoring my grandparents who put that in me first. Hmm. That's so, awesome. I don't know. There's something you do uh, as we close close the show. I want you to do this for me if you don't mind. No, what? Um, well, you mentioned, you know, the when you were growing up and this time that was spent in Jamaica. Yeah. And, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Can well, I can I channel it at the moment? You need to get me to call my cousin, and then I can really do it. He <laughs> likes me to speak patois because it's so ridiculous. Lord, mommy, Lord, what to tell you? I can't go there right now because I'm sitting there talking to you. I'm not talking to my cousin. You know, you want me to go and start talking patois to you? What's your mad man? <laughs> yes. Why does it always sound angry when oh, I do it? <laughs> well, it's that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get you to record my uh, voicemail like that. <laughs> <laughs> what you want with Jeremy? You want to leave a message? Go on now. Sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> Love it. Kathy, thank you so much. Thank you. This Thanks for awesome. having me. For sure, man. This is oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, and thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Conversations with Jeremy Griffin. And again, you know, if you feel so inclined and you want to keep these things going and you think they do anything for your life that's positive, feel free and go over to uh, streamgrace.com and click on the support button. You can do that. And also... While today's sponsor happened to be the Magnetic Field, yes. we will have sponsors in the future. And the best thing you can do is support those sponsors. And uh, thank you so much again for listening. God bless you guys, and we will see you Keep next shining. time. Keep shining. Yeah.